so now it's a whole different week. A whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. Ever. While you're watching this, because you'll miss something. Yeah. That's great. That's true. Although we do have an audio-only version of the podcast. For those who don't know, we, we put these on YouTube so that you can see our, our lovely faces. But if you don't have the time for YouTube, if um, you know, you're know you otherwise uh, indisposed and you want something to listen to in your, uh, your ear holes, well, uh, we got news for you. We're on Spotify. We're on um, Apple Podcasts. Uh, everywhere you can find your podcasts. And all those places. I don't want to be this guy, but I'm going to be. Um, you can like and comment and share and do all that cool stuff because, you know... Reviews are helpful. I, um, we haven't gotten a lot of comments on any video. We've gotten, like, one. Yeah, which, um, if you have anything to say, we'd love to hear from you. Anything. Um, anytime at all. Because uh, eventually, I, I know we've talked about this, little hmm. spoilers, we're going to do a Q&A episode where we yes. answer shit. But we haven't had any questions, which is what I said yeah, to you. So, yeah. so here's the thing. If you have a question for the two of us about our general knowledge of stuff, uh, if you have any ideas for what you'd like to see on the podcast, uh, we're open to ideas. But this is Don't Start Me Talking. I'm Benny Williams. And I am a very inquisitive Rick Owens. That's true. You've been asking a lot of questions lately. I have. Too many. Why did they make liquid soap? We don't need it. I told you to stop asking these fuck. So here we are again. Here we are again. It's always such a pleasure. Always sunny in Philadelphia. No, that was Portal, but it's the song from Portal, Still Alive. Keep up. So today, um, I wanted to start by talking about a, uh, a wedding that I went to recently. Yeah. Mm. Celebration of love. Great place for you to be. You're so mean. Um, I was actually the best man at this particular wedding, and um, I, I will say, had I known how much goes into being the best man in terms of planning and, and doing all the uh, bachelor party stuff, probably wouldn't have done it, but it's somebody who's really close to me, it's my cousin, and um, one, of, one of, if not my best friend, you know, uh, yeah. from childhood, not to say that you're not, obviously, if we're talking best friend that I'm not related to, it's you. But, you know, there we go. Just confirmation for everybody out there. But CJ has been one of my closest friends and definitely, like, you know, my closest cousin. Yeah. And uh, we've been to Disney together a few times, and his wife has come to Disney with us a few times, formerly his fiance. Did they hit the camera? No, they hit. No, they did. You two little shits. Anyway, the cats are fighting. The cats are always fighting, but that's okay. As long as they didn't... Hey! You two, stop it right now. Hey, you two. Don't make me clap again. Hey, you. Oh, hey. It just makes me nervous because I don't want the camera to get knocked into. You guys, uh, you expect a certain level of quality from us. Yeah. Um, washed out video, bad audio, and, yeah. and we like to provide that for you. Yeah. But I will not accept camera jitters. No camera jitters. Ever. That's right. I don't think that's I don't think that's a hard and fast rule. I just think that that's normal. I don't think it's too much to ask. That's it shouldn't, what I think. It shouldn't be a rule. Like it's you wake up, you it's... wake up, you breathe, right? No one tells you to. No camera jitters. What Same do you mean? thing. People tell you to breathe. No, no, I don't breathe. Ever, I have asthma. <laughs> if dust gets in there, no. 
This has gotten off to a rocky start. Rocky Point. Not far away. Not far away. <laughs> it's, Not pretty far away it's pretty close. Um, but I was best man at a wedding. Yeah. And um, the part that I had no stress whatsoever about was the speech. Mm. Because I know these people really well. Yeah. Nothing doing. For me, as you can tell from the name of the podcast and also like the content of the podcast, I can talk. I can talk about anything. I need a couple of bullet points. I need to know what I can't talk about and I need to know what I want to talk about. And for me, I had like two rules. Don't talk about anything embarrassing because the family, there were two other speeches from both of their dads. Anything embarrassing like that, they'll cover as far as they want to go. Yeah. And you can't stop them from doing that. They're going to embarrass their kids. It's just the way that it is. It wasn't that, it wasn't nearly that on this particular occasion. Well, the, the father of the bride had a few things to say that were a little bit close, close to the line of being embarrassing, but all in good fun. Everybody had a good time. The other yeah. thing you don't want to do is talk too much about anybody else because it's about these two people declaring their love for each other. We're there for them. That's all we want to hear about, you know? Um, I didn't want to turn it into anything about me. I didn't want to turn it into anything about the trips that we've taken all the time. So I just really, very simply, I started out by saying, like, everybody always tells you, you know, or comes up to you saying, what do you got for a speech? Like, what, what's your speech? Are you ready to go? Ready to go? And it's like, I don't need a speech. I don't need to sit down and write a whole thing. Especially, I don't want to be memorizing lines or reading a thing off a piece of paper. Yeah. If I can help it. Not to say... That's not acceptable. Most people don't perform. I am totally fine if you want to take out your phone, if you want to have a piece of paper and read from that, if you want cards, whatever you want to do. That's fine by me. But for me, I hold myself to a different standard because I've acted, because I've done things in, in show business and theater and, and film, and I want it to be off the cuff. I want it to be real. So I just told, you know, a couple of anecdotes about them. Um... You know, he surprised her with a, a song that she didn't know that was going to be their first dance. And I just went up and I said, like, this guy, it, you know, he was born around Christmas time. And I think that's why he, he loves surprising people. He loves coming up with these very unexpected things that will just make a moment. And you all just saw it happen. Like, it just happened minutes ago. Tara didn't know what song that was. And when it started, you know, you, you see how much they love each other and how much they're they're just perfect for each other. So went through this whole speech, um, you know, talked about how Tara and I got my ties by the pool at Disney with Mickey Mouse's money, which is a story I'll, I'll actually get into here because oh, yeah. this is the place for it. It is. Um, but uh, I, I told this story and about how the two of us got my ties by the pool and CJ didn't come down to the pool for whatever reason. And um, we just had this conversation that day that I like knew I was going to be at their wedding. And I was so happy to be there. And, like, it couldn't have gone better. It was, it was very, very nice. Squantum Association in uh, Riverside hmm. in East Providence, Rhode Island. Ooh. Very swanky. And the, I'll put up a picture, one picture of the clouds, because it was one of the most extraordinary things I ever saw, and it was when they were taking all their photos. And it was like God opened up the clouds and let little beams of light through for them. Yeah. It was really cool. <laughs> Are you okay? No. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'll tell you the story. Go ahead. I gave them the bullet points version. This is the this is the full McCoy. 
the real McCoy. The real McCoy. Um, Hatfield yeah. McCoys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I was in Disney. This story's a little bit gross. I took a mean shit that morning. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I came back after a day at the parks. Uh, we were in a villa at uh, Old Key West. Very, very nice. Two floor, 12 bed, like accommodates 12 people kind of room. And uh, the bathroom that I used was on the second floor and it was clogged when I got back. I don't remember clogging it in the morning, but I must have. Come back, it's clogged. It's Disney World. I had just gone for hibachi for my birthday. Yeah, yeah, you understand. My stomach was on fire. And, like, yeah. it was delicious. It's a great meal. If you're ever in Disney and you want um, really solid food at night. And really solid shits, apparently. It's all over the place. But <laughs> I would I would highly recommend going to Epcot because they have all the international restaurants. And particularly in Japan, Tepon Edo and Tokyo Dining. Tepon Edo is a hibachi place. And they are there to entertain kids. It's the funniest most joyous hibachi you have ever seen in your life. These guys are making Mickey Mouse out of the oil, and then they're flipping up, you know, the onion volcanoes and, and all this stuff. You know, they take the egg, they throw it in the air. They're doing all the hibachi tricks, but they're doing them with a spin for families. I was at a table, it was just me, and then this family with like four or five kids, all very, very young. It was just a blast. They had, they had a fucking blast. So I would highly recommend it. Uh, stomach problems aside... I blame that on the park food from earlier in the day, mm. where you're going around, you get a hot dog here, you get a turkey leg there. A Zeppeli. Because you're Italian. You can tell he's never been to Disney. There's no Italy in Disney. There is. There is, actually. There's an Italy in Epcot, and they have some of the best pizza in the world. Via Napoli. They have ovens that are shaped like faces. Big stone Greek-looking faces. It's awesome. Oh, good. yeah. No, no, no. Like I'm telling you, this place out of all the pizza I've had, out of all, all world, out of all the ovens that you've seen shaped like place, faces, this place. <laughs> well, yeah, but of of all the places I've had pizza at in the world, there's one place that no longer exists. It was called um, Trattoria Romano, um, but then it, it went through all sorts of different names in North Kingstown, in Wickford Junction. It's now a different restaurant. Their pizza was my favorite pizza I ever had. It's like perfect Italian, great. Not Greek style, not New York style, Italian style. It was yeah. very good. This place in Florida has the same pizza, and it's like exactly the same, and it is so fucking good. But back to Japan, then back to my room. I'm in my room waiting, and I called the front desk, and I said, Hi, I need somebody to come up with a plunger, unplunge the toilet, so that I could go and do stuff. You know, there's other stuff to do in Disney at night, but it all shuts down around like 9 o'clock, or at least at that time it did. And um, I called three times. And finally, I'm waiting outside, and this golf cart comes up, and this lady's in this golf cart, and I'm like, this is not the right person. And <laughs> she drives up, she parks in the, um, the handicapped like the the loading zone for the handicap thing, yeah. which is something that my family actually used. So I was just like, hmm, it's a little weird. It's like the square with the lines across it. Yeah, yeah. And and we had a handicap member of the party, so we would use that spot to get him in and out of the chair. You know. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, you know, already a little bit like, hmm, this isn't gonna go great. And she gets out. She has a toilet paper roll. And I'm like, 
I'm assuming that you're not here to unclog the toilet. And she goes, they told me you needed a toilet paper roll. And I go, nah, come on up. So... Come on up and see I, this thing I made. Like, look at this. Is I had previous, uh, previous experience working for a company hmm. that outsourced to another company. That company, I am happy to name these motherfuckers, uh, was called Cognizant. Have we talked about this on the podcast before? We might have, but I feel like it was cut. It might okay. have been one of the cut ones. If okay. not, you can tell us down in the comments. Yeah, tell us in the comments if you've heard this one before. Tell us anything in the tell comments. Anything. We're desperate. We We're need screaming into the void. We need satisfaction. We we don't know anything. We don't Push even know if me. we have fans. And I hear from him. People people seem to like the podcast. Oh, that's real nice that you tell him. You tell him and not me? What did I do? What did, he, what did he do? These besides, fucking people. Besides Anyways, that shit in Tiverton, what did he do? We don't talk about that. We can't talk about that. Look, dude. I retract my statement. Yeah, yeah. We. My campaign does not comment on rumors or speculation. Thank you very much for your questions. Thank you. Thank you. So anyways. Um, and we're back. Uh. The lady comes up and introduces herself to me. She is the manager of the hotel. Like, right. maybe two rungs down from the top. She's the manager of all the front desk folks. And she tells me, we're using this system uh, that, you know, they outsource. We're not sure what's going on. And so what happened was, I called somebody on the phone. They were Indian. No, no problem with that. There's a lot of companies that do this. Right. But Disney World ran like a fucking well-oiled machine, and then they ripped all of those people, all that infrastructure, all those good jobs out, and they outsourced it to India. So I call on the phone. I get somebody from Cognizant. That Cognizant person puts into the computer, beep, boop, beep, oh, toilet plunge or whatever. It goes through their system, and then it goes into a separate Disney system that goes to the hotel to tell them what's going on in the room. Somehow that mistranslated over to needs toilet paper. Yeah. The opposite of what I needed to unclog a toilet. Yes. So I talked to, you know, the manager. I had been working at a hotel just the summer before, like right before I got there. And I just said to her, look, you know, I understand. I work at a hotel. I worked at a hotel and it's very tough to, you know, keep this stuff straight. Like, especially when you guys, are, you got people from Cognizant, that's going to just cause communication issues and this and that. And I just leveled with her and talked to her like a person would. And I, I said to her, you know, I've been waiting. And I, by that point, I've been waiting two or three hours for somebody to come to the room. So, like, I missed out on all the nighttime stuff I could have done. And it just, it ended up being like a sacrifice day when really the only reason I stopped back at the room was to use the bathroom. I could have done that at the parks. Yeah. So, like, you know, she understood the situation and was just like, look, my favorite part of this job is that I get to give away Mickey Mouse's money. So she put in an envelope down at the front desk, $150 cash. I go down uh, the next day and I get it. Tara and I. Tara is my cousin's wife now. Yeah. Um, and we get back to the room and I said to the three, you know, the two of them, uh, the three of us, I said, let's go down to the pool and get Mai Tais. Because I had had one watching the Olympics with my aunt and uncle like a couple of nights before. They were great. Captain's Mai Tais. And they had them by the pool. And I was like, let's go. Let's blow this money. Because, like, what else am I going to do with it? And um, CJ just wasn't into drinking. So he's like, eh, no thanks. And his wife was like, yeah, sure. Like, let's go do it. 
So we go down, we get these Mai Tais, and we just had this great conversation. And again, like, it, that conversation was the moment that I knew, like, oh, this is a person who's, like, a part of my family. Yeah. Th- and, you know, would do anything for the two of them. So, uh, is she your cousin-in-law now? Is that what they call it? Yeah. Because I've never heard, like, you know, I've heard brother just, and sister and just father kinda, and mother. It, it, it gets ambiguous when somebody who's married to the person, like, it's my cousin's wife, so she's just one of my cousins. Like, yeah, and we're also close, so you know, she's just one of my cousins. Yeah, um, but technically, cousin-in-law, I think, is the the real the, term. The term yeah. that is Would never you, used. Yeah, uh, but it, that's it, like, have you ever seen the tree of like second, third, fourth cousins of how that works? Yeah, yeah, it's convoluted as fuck. It, it's like second person. You never yeah. hear it. You know, you hear first person, third person. Yeah, and whatever fucking bullshit yeah what is second person view i have no idea i've heard it's like pamphlets or something like that something to do with brochures or something pamphlets pamphlet or a brochure i i don't know uh why you look that up yeah, I, i'm definitely looking that up I, i've got a wedding story because i Let's I, hear it. I was going to get married and um if you could read my mind, love. No. Uh, <laughs> Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, a little Gordon Lightfoot job. Um, great documentary about him in the last year, which is called Yeah. If You Could Read My Mind. Hmm. Look at that. Segway into Any, it. Anyways, um, second person is apparently... It's, it's when the action of a game is shot from the point of view of somebody who is not the main character, but you're playing as the main character. So it would be like if you were, if you were Rick, but you saw Rick as Ben, like you saw through my eyes, what I'm seeing right now, but you're still Rick. So like right now, no, this is first person view. So if I possessed you and like an outer body experience, yeah, it's like an out of body experience, but it's not third person view because third person is situated behind the player. And Jesus. it never moves. Second person view is literally the view from a second person. As stupid as that sounds, I'm looking at it right now. It's a concept. It's never been done because it's like, yeah. Eh. Uh, first person is the I, we perspective. Second person is the you perspective. Third person is the he, she, it, they perspective. So I guess it's kind of ambiguous what second person is. Because it's different meanings I'm seeing here. Everything that's not everything that exists, apparently. It, yeah. It, it's some bullshit. God damn it. Anyway, weddings. Weddings. Um, so I was going to get married. Uh, that's true. For about five years there. Mm. And I won't go into details on that because, you know, other parties not here. But, you know. Yeah. I went to a lot of weddings. Yeah. Because I was engaged to a woman. Right. And they like to go to weddings. Yeah. I, I don't as much because American weddings are terrible. Yeah, the, I, I will say um, my brother's wedding was fine a couple of years ago. Um, fine. My my cousin's wedding was good. Good. Um, every other wedding I've ever been to, I've felt uncomfortable. I haven't liked yeah. the people enough. Like, it's always been like, oh, come on, we're going to so-and-so's wedding. And, like, especially the ones that have ended in divorce, like, it was clear from the jump at the wedding that, like, yeah. this is not going to last. This is, like, an exception to the rule. I don't know. It just never felt right. But Have you ever been to an American wedding? Where is the vodka? Where is marinated herring? Oh, Gogol bordello job. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I have all that. Yeah. Mm. 
saw them live two times. He, was, he would chug wine and then spray it all over the crowd. It was great. But, yeah, I, I went was to... It? it? was great because I, I was farther away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the back, you know, like, hey, you know. Wow, that's that's cool to see happen to other people. Yeah. But um, I, I went to, like, maybe four or five weddings, sure. American weddings. Uh, I've been to one Irish wedding, which was the tits. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, obviously, the old country. Uh, Irish weddings, Irish wakes, yeah, Irish if you, funerals. If you don't know by now, like, 100% Irish you? Probably up there in the high but the 80s, 50s, 50% 90s. of that is actually from Ireland, his mom. Yeah, from I'm, from Wexford County. Here's the flag, bam. I'm maybe 25% Irish, 25% Newfie yeah. by way of Ireland, so maybe a little bit of Nordic in there. I've heard Viking before. I have no idea. Yes, by 50% Italian. Yeah. I can trace half my family back to the old country. So you can't be a made man. That's true. That's very true. I just we were talking about this. I just watched Goodfellas again. Yeah. And um awesome. I mean, oh like, that, no. <laughs> that scene in All right, so let's talk about that after your wedding story. All right. So, uh the one in particular that I remember is um we live in Rhode Island and unfortunately uh, we we do, but but Newport is Rhode Island is very small. If it's the smallest state, most people in the the country don't even know it's a state. There are some people who still associate it with New York to the point where there's now a running joke on the TikTok, which I actually think is one of the funnier things I've seen from the young kids, where they call it Rhode Island, New York, like yeah. the full word Rhode Island and then comma NY. Yeah, and that's very funny to me. Even though we're much more Boston leaning, like it's a lot more Patriots and Red Sox fans. But basically, people think that we're Long Island, so they just assume. Or that Block Island is a part of New York when it's not. Yeah. That stuff. Anyways. But, uh, so, a couple of things I remember from going to different weddings. Rap, um, brother. I'm going to. Thank you, King. There's a... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> just wait. There's just a, put a pin in a thi- it. No, no, no. I, I won't remember. I won't remember. I know I won't you won't. Remember. I won't remember. Cotton-headed ninny muggins. <laughs> um, there's a an ad for Let It Be the film from 1970, mm-hmm. where it's like the most. Prete- I'm gonna cut it in here. I'm gonna cut it in because it's the most pretentious asshole talking about. He's like, it's the Beatles in the studio, rapping, hanging out. Like, like he's just trying to make them seem cooler than the Beatles actually are. And it's just like the worst ad I've ever seen for anything. And then you watch that movie and it's the most dour, shitty. It starts out with this song. It's like a funeral dirge. And then the whole thing is like all the shittiest cuts they could get from the film that Michael Lindsay Hogg had. And it mm. wasn't until 50 years later they did get back and it was good. Anyways. So the good thing about being in Rhode Island is because a lot of... So you say that you went to a wedding. Yes. Did I did derailed me there like a fucking guy on a cow uh, on a on a horse tell us rick what's the good thing about being in rhode island i'd sure like to know the taxes the taxes the taxes you know there's no vehicle tax anymore right i don't that's great i'm about to buy a vehicle <laughs> yeah, so. that's what i'm telling you so they just, uh, they just abolished it so um good thing about being in rhode island is because it's so small a lot of people end up having... And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for walking all over your story. 
please don't kill Nine me. and ten. Okay, there <laughs> we are. <laughs> all right. Um, I just need... I really to, didn't mean to walk all I need. Way. I need to collect myself there. Collective soul job. But uh, Oh, Collective Soul was the favorite band of uh, the Virginia Tech Massacre shooter. So thanks for bringing that up. That's weird that you know that, but okay. Shine, it was his favorite song. Let it shine. Yeah. <laughs> so the good thing about being... I was on a boat when that happened. Oh. We, I've talked about this story before, I'm sorry. The good thing about being... A... I don't mean to walk all over you like this. I really, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying my best... I'm just not perfect, you have, know? Have you heard of the term a hat on a hat? Because <laughs> you're doing it right now, and I think you know it I'm already. Sorry. I think sorry. you know. I, I, I relent. I relent. You, I you're not going to, though. It, this I is, didn't mean to. This is the Lucy and Charlie Brown thing done over and over again. And I, I, I get it. I look like Charlie Brown. I, I will say this. It's not as bad as the first night that I tried mushrooms and you came over when I was in college. And it was just an endless loop of the same story and you were like is this hell is this what hell is yeah yeah and that's that's <laughs> been it ever since ever since we'll tell that story eventually a friendship Maybe. a friendship forged in fire is this hell <laughs> is this hell consistent question of our friendship is this is this hell oh, you man. ask it i ask it the viewers are asking it right now hmm hmm because I've been trying to tell this story for 17 minutes. <laughs> Ooh-wee. All right, all right. So the good thing about being in Rhode Island and being invited to weddings from people who are, are in Rhode Island is because it's so small that, like, the separations of neighborhoods will denote, like, super poor or, like, bougie first class. Like, we yes. were in West Warwick. I was getting a tattoo. West Warwick can go from, like, one neighborhood, like, you know, broken out windows, boarded up, everything like that. Yeah. Next neighborhood is, like, white picket fence. So, like, with oh, yeah. it... yeah, the stuff up by the golf course is very nice in West Warwick. It's, yeah. It's down by the Warwick end where it just goes to shit. Yeah. The West, good. The Warwick, bad. If you, <laughs> if you live up the hills, you're probably okay. Yeah. So, uh, the good thing about that is you often get invited to weddings and they end up being in Jamestown or Newport. Jamestown is a little bit hoity-toity. Newport is like the, the you know, Taylor Swift and all of them have the McMansions out there, you know, Kennedy. Well, just to issue a correction, as we're saying it, Taylor Swift's mansion is in Watch Hill, which is right next to a place called the Ocean House that I worked at quite a few times. Always under the promise from my dad that Taylor Swift, oh, she lives up there. She comes down all the time. You know how many times I've met Taylor Swift? Big old goose egg. Big old goose egg. Big old goose egg. Zero. Zero times. Zero. And would I like to meet Taylor Swift? Yeah, because I want to give her a piece of my mind. Yeah. I love Taylor Swift's music. I think that she's great. But her release practices are predatory towards her younger fans. They're, they're predatory to her younger fans. And, and I, I don't, don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate it. But since I don't buy her records... Except for one copy of 1989 Taylor's version. We steal the records. No. No, borrow. He steals No, 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 no. No, 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 no. There's no stealing. It's all borrowing. I'm going to be dead one day. You know, it's not like I get to keep this stuff when I leave. Just throw me in the trash. So the good thing about being in Rhode Island 
Yeah. Is it, that from borough to borough, yeah. it changes. It you changes. You have a lot of weddings in Newport and Jamestown that are very nice. Yeah. And then you can end up at like the West Valley Inn. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I've been to a lot of weddings in Jamestown and Newport where I don't belong there. You know what I mean? You, like fish out of water story. Like it, it's just me. Like this, and then with a suit that I bought at Savers that some guy died in that they stripped him of when they dug up the coffin for the rings and the jewelry. So, you know, I'm in there in a zoot suit or whatever. And, uh, you know, we go over to (laughs) this nice fancy place in Newport. And big money, right? You know, you can tell they have the slick back hair always, even when they go to bed. And I, I, I... like go in there and they're giving out like fancy cigars. I, I I used to like smoke a lot of cigars and like these are like holy shit. You're handing these out from a box and shit. Havana, whatever. And I remember being at this uh, party, open bar. Great, great. Best thing about going to a wedding, open bar. Yeah, that's about it. If they don't have an open bar, there's a problem. Yeah, that's that's like a mandatory thing for a wedding. Honestly, yeah. like you you lose. 25% of the people if you don't have an open bar. Yeah. So I went there. I'm a few uh, drinks in. Uh, speaking of, let's take a drink from here. Uh, shout out to Shades On Brewery in West Kingston, Rhode Island. Yeah. They're, they're not a sponsor, but they should be. Tastes great. Didn't even offer me one. You wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take it, but I like to be offered. Yeah. So anyway, I'm smoking a cigar. I've had a couple of drinks in me. And uh, the the father of the bride comes up to our table, which if you've ever been to a wedding and you're just the one couple, usually you're mismatched with like different friend groups and everything like that. So we're all sitting around this table like six. We have like little wine corks with our name written on it that somebody got paid thousands of dollars to put together. It took two minutes of their time. Hey, calligraphy, right? And uh, the father of the bride comes over, and he, like, puts his hands down. He, he's like, hey, you guys having fun? Huh? You, you having fun? But in, like, a fancier way, you know, because he's loaded. Yeah. But uh, your, your ex went to a private school and knew a lot of people who were. Yeah. Yes. So, and then he goes. I'm sitting there and I'm like looking at this man who looks like a congressman. You know what I mean? Like he just looks yeah. like, you know, he's like he, the whitest man who ever lived. Yeah. He looks like he's ordered deaths before. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And like he, he comes up and he's like, hey, yeah, everything's going like it's a great day. You're having time. Oh, you got the you got the martini. Huh? It's, it's a good one. Hey, isn't my daughter a bitch? Just at the wedding? Yeah. Isn't my daughter a bitch? She's a <laughs> bitch, huh? Like, it just kept going. I'm sitting there like... <laughs> yeah, how, do I, how do I get in with this man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. She's a fucking bitch. What? She's a fucking bitch. What? At her, at her wedding. <laughs> at her wedding. Which he is paying for, which is likely... Yes. yes. The cause of why he's saying this. But he said it like... To her friends. <laughs> eight times. Like, eight times in, like, a 45-second conversation. Yeah, she's a fucking bitch, huh? You know, like, she's such a fucking bitch. Huh? Anything specific or... No, nothing specific. 
I know nothing about this person. This yeah, is yeah. this this is like a, a friend of a friend of my ex. Yeah. So I know nothing about this person. I know nothing about this couple. I'm shaking hands with people. They think they know me. I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm a very distinctive looking fuck, right? Yeah, you look like nobody I've ever seen. No, yeah, this is even with uh, you know shaved head and like the the facial hair and stuff. Yeah. You still look there's, different. There's nobody. Mm. Nobody it's the, like it's me. It's the crazy eyes, is what it is. That's what it is. It's those I'm gonna peer through your soul eyes. Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. Anyway, that, that so is still burned in my brain. Pop, Potter, puppet pals. That's one thing that happened, and like that. For me, I was gonna get married, and the way I've always looked at a wedding is. I don't like them. Yeah. I don't like what they've become. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because to me, just go go to the courthouse. That's what I want to do. I wanted to go to the courthouse, sign the documents, fuck off, go to a barbecue in the backyard or whatever. Something simple. Rent a place. Yeah. Rent any place and say we're having a barbecue. Yeah. Because that's basically what it is. We're having a family meeting. And it's going to be like X amount. If you yeah. go and tell them, "Hey, we're doing a wedding here," right? It the the price immediately jacks and then, up, and then it also becomes, "Oh, we have a fine photographer for you and DJ," and, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and they start yeah. they start artificially cramming in oh and a wedding planner and an event planner. And I I think that my cousins kind of got off light. Like they they found a person who was a photographer, um, DJ, singer everything it was four people all in one they lit the room yeah and then the venue took care of food the venue took care of the open bar had the bartenders and stuff on staff basically like you're paying for all those people to be employed for the night then you're also Hmm. paying for the venue on top of that i've never really understood that whole notion of like oh we're celebrating these two people's love we need to throw the biggest most expensive party humanly possible Hmm. it's like if you're gonna do that give them all the money because, like, isn't the point of this that you want to see them off right and you want to... Like, we, we got together a collection for my cousin, and that's... It was a genuine shock to him when he when we gave it to him, because it's like, oh, I didn't even realize people did this. And that's the way that it should be. It should be, like, a nice surprise that everybody cares this much yeah. about you. The rest of it, for me, you know, renting out the church, getting the priest, nope. the, the, the whole... That's one aspect of it. Then you got to everybody's got to ferry over to the venue. This wedding was done. The officiant was also the DJ, so it was done all at this Squanum Association, and it was just simple. It was clean. It was yeah. beautiful. Worked really well. Speaking of, if you have a wedding, I am ordained, and you can have my dulcet tones, sending you into the eventual divorce that you're gonna have. Uh, statistically, anyway. Yeah, statistically, you're probably getting divorced. Probably, you know. Not my cousin who just got married. It's not my fault. Of course, their relationship is flawless. Solid. They have never had any problems. Yeah. Like, I love the people who who go into a marriage and they get married and they they immediately think that's the way that they should go about it. It's like, no, 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 no. There are flaws in every person. You need to recognize those flaws and accept them. And also try to help that person, if they want to overcome those things, to do so. If they don't, deal with it. This is the person you married. Don't build your castle on a foundation of sand. Hmm? 
You used that one too much. You used that one. Use that one in another episode. I know. I know I did. I know I did. Because I used the platitudes. I edited it. That are in me, and that that is a truth one. So, um, but yeah. So the way I saw the way I see weddings, and like, and this isn't like sour grapes or anything, because I went through it like you know breaking up during an engagement. Yeah. Um, I just don't see the point anymore. Because they've become less about, like, the bride and groom and everybody having a great time. And it's become like, oh, it's just for the family. Yeah. That's, it, that's it's exactly just it for the family. Like, the, it's, the bride it's and groom. It's the, the parents of the bride and groom. Yeah. The bride's parents are, like, paying for it. So it really becomes literally whatever they want to do. Yeah. And then by extension, they're always like, well, it's whatever my daughter wants to do. And then they, yeah, they feed that into the brain and they're paraded around the room they shake hands with their best friends like hey uh, i'll see you later mm. nine hours later they come back for like the, the yeah. dance you know it's no this this wedding <clears throat> i went to was genuinely i think it was a good vibe it was solid people once in a while you get a good one yeah but for the most part yeah you're just a friend of a friend of a friend I, at the wedding and you're like Arr. i had one of my landlords um a couple of years ago who i was very close with uh, he and his, his fiance just like went up to New Hampshire for a weekend, came back, and they were like, "We're married." And it was like, "Oh, congratulations! Like that's great." And it was the most—I don't know—it just seemed right, you know. Like they'd been together yeah. for a while, and it was the right time to get married. But also just the way that they did it—they brought their parents up. Um, they all stayed at a bed and breakfast for the weekend. They got married in the forest, which is awesome. Yeah, and um, they have some great photos of it, and that's that's it. It's for them it's yeah. for their parents and for that's, them that's that's how Simple, it should be easy nothing breaking the bank and then people found out later and sent them stuff as they found out which like you're not going to catch as many flies if you don't do an official wedding of like people sending you money and, and stuff like yeah. that but the people who care about you and actually love you they will yeah so it, what it comes down to at the end is like a lot of times with weddings i just feel like people artificially inflate it to get more mm out of the people that are coming and it's just like eh. this again was a wedding where i think i knew or at least understood why every person in the room was there it's like 70 or 80 people yeah and it was just like this is this is how if you're doing a wedding like this and it's been 14 years since they got together that's the right way to do it but for mike and rosalie which is my landlord and, and his wife that was perfect they and then they came back. They were they were married. They also like went on trips together that were just honeymoon style trips and stuff. And they yeah, that's the smart way to do it, I think. And I don't know. They might get divorced. Who who fucking knows? Um, in this country, it just seems like it's a knee jerk thing all of a sudden a lot of times. So it's it is you know. But, um, but I I don't know. I have faith in in the two of them probably sticking together for the long run. You gotta have faith. Um, George Michael. The uh, the uh, the, the thing I always bring organ, up when we're gonna the beginning of that track sounds nothing yeah. like the rest of the song, and it's great. Mm. The rest of the song is fine. He liked a good organ himself. Uh... Anyways, I'm gonna stop doing these faces. Um. <laughs> The, the thing, the bit I always do is uh, when I'm talking about weddings because I'm a bitter bastard is, uh, <laughs> hey, you and I love each other. Let's get government involved. 
So the Aziz Ansari bit is that what is that is that Aziz Ansari? I've been saying it since two thousand five. Yes, and every time that you say that, I tell you, I don't believe you. It's it's true. I'll I'll find the clip. I am leaning closer so it is valid. I don't know if it's Randy or if it's Aziz Ansari, but it is one of the two, and um, yeah, it's it's like one of his bits and one of his specials. Well, call me Dame Cook. And by the way, if you don't know, Randy is a character that Aziz made up for funny people that had his own brand of comedy that was just outlandishly crazy. And the whole point of it was like he was the annoying comic who was doing well. Mm. Um, that's a movie nobody talks about. Funny people. I M- love funny people. People Eminem, hate it. Eminem. From the, yeah, from the moment Eminem is in it to the end, it's a completely different movie. And it's, it's like no good. Mm. The, basically, like you have this movie about Adam Sandler where he's sick and he's dying and then he finds out he's not sick anymore but in in the 30 or so minutes before he finds out he's not sick he's just righted like every wrong in his life he's had his parents and his sister over to his house with his nephew he's like reconnecting with people he reconnected with his ex in a healthy way and then like as soon as he finds out he's not going to die, he, like, tanks all of that because Eminem comes to a party and tells him, like, yeah, dog, you fucked up. You should have died. And I like Eminem in the movie. It's a funny scene. But right after that, it tanks. It's like Entourage. Seeing Eminem in Entourage was also great. And then the series just... Eminem is a touch of death, apparently. Yeah. I'll never have Eminem in a single project of mine. It's like... His, sh- his speech is so fucking funny, too, because he's talking about, like, you'll end up like me. Can't go into fucking Walmart. Can't go into fucking Target. I'm banned from all those places. I, I can't go out with my daughter and do shit. Sucks. Life fucking sucks. <sighs> yeah. He's, like, this miserable... But it's funny, because then Ray Romano is, like, mad-dogging him, and he's like, who the fuck is this? And he's like, what, you mean Ray Romano? He's like, yeah, who the fuck is that? He's like, the guy from Everybody Loves Raymond? He's like, hey, Ray, do you want to fuck me? Do you want to fuck me? And Ray Romano is standing next to Seth Rogen. He's like, tell him no. He's like, no. <laughs> no. No, Marshall. It's, it's great. But then right after that, the movie just kind of slowly nosedives for people. I've always liked it because my when I'm watching that movie, I'm not watching for him. I'm watching for Seth Rogen. who's like the underdog character, Ira. And um, I've always liked it. I don't know. But um, most people don't. Most people saw The Hangover that summer and were like, The Hangover is the funniest movie ever made. And I hate The Hangover. I preferred The Hangover 2 to The Hangover 1. That's how much I hate The Hangover. And I fucking hate The Hangover 3. Yeah. And I'm a filmmaker. I would never make a movie like The Hangover. He makes films? I do. Makes the films, and I am speaking close to the mic, so you can hear every syllable that I say. He makes the films, and they are good. Well, I appreciate that, but you don't have to lie to them. Yes, I do. I am contractually obligated to... uh, That's right. That's right. I made you sign that. All right, well, you know. I guess I'll take the compliment. (laughs) Look Uh, at you, out here, you know. (laughs) 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 Ha (laughs) ha 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 ha. Uh, I always love them up at Seven Samurai. Anyways. <laughs> you ever just want to, like, walk into the ocean? Just not come out? Yeah. Yeah. Or drive, you know. Whichever, drive. You know, Anthony Bourdain there. job. No, he, uh... Did he? No, he was talking about in, uh... Medium Raw. 
You have to think about that. He talks about, I wasn't sure if it was Kitchen con- Confidential or Medium yeah, yeah. Raw, but it's Medium Raw, where he talks about, I was driving on the island one night drunk, and I was driving towards the, the like the bay off a cliff, and then this song came on, and then I decided to uh, to to turn off the road and not uh, kill myself in a horrible accident. Did it happen to be Roadrunner by the Modern Lovers? It, it might have been. So, if you're a news junkie like I am, uh, last year there was a documentary that came out on CNN about Anthony Bourdain. It's called Roadrunner. I don't it's a good know, one. Don't really know why it was called Roadrunner, but okay. And the song they used to promote it was. Uh, the Modern Lovers, what's that guy's name? Jonathan Richmond? And the Modern Lovers? Yes. Something like that. Something. I'm, I'm not very good at most people's names and remembering band names is like crazy. But the Modern Lovers have a song called Roadrunner. It's like, Roadrunner, Roadrunner, bum, bum, bum. I'm in love with Massachusetts. Driving down past the stopping shop with the radio on. And I like the song fine, okay? Um, the guy in The Modern Lovers who was on guitar was Jerry Harrison who went on to do Talking Heads. So, no problem with the song. But when you're watching the news, and every goddamn commercial break is, Road Runner, Road Runner! And I'm talking when Ukraine happened. Yeah. When, when the Ukrainian war started. I'm watching every day, every commercial break, it played twice. So that song is burned in my brain with the image of Anthony Bourdain out living his life. And then I finally saw the documentary, and the ending is so sad. It's such a bummer. Aja Argento, who's like a kid diddler, um, and I'm not even... Look old, it up. No preface or anything. Look like it up. She, yeah. she, she diddles kids. Yeah. Well, he was 17 at the time, but um, it was a kid that she worked with. If you know what I mean. Way earlier in a movie called The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things. Which was about a mother or a stepmother, like, grooming a child. Yeah, as, like, a, a sex object. Which is almost like Chris D'Elia playing a pedophile. Yeah, in... and, and she also played the mom. Yeah. Mind you. Um, this is um, Dario Argento's daughter. And she was going out with um, Anthony Bourdain at the time. Yes. And um, basically she like pushed out a bunch of his producers and a few of his directors and stuff. And then he became this really bitter person when she was around. She shows up and starts directing an episode of the show. And they're having this interview where he's sitting down at a table with these guys. And they're talking about, I don't know where they were, Yemen or something. But they're talking about how war tore through this country, how they lost friends and stuff. And they're telling this emotional story, which it's like a documentary, you know, it's not a scripted show. And she comes in as the director and she's like, cut, cut, cut. All right, we need to um, reset and start over. Can can you guys start over from the story? And they had like tears in their eyes. Like, oh, uh, okay. Just the complete wrong kind of talent to be directing that sort of a thing. It's like extras when Ricky Gervais had, uh, Ben Stiller, the Ben Stiller episode where he had the guy who was telling a story about how his his family was killed in the middle of like, and then eventually he's like, oh, wham, 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 my wife got killed, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. we're making a million dollar movie here, you know, like, it's, yeah, yeah, but in it, real life, it's that disconnect, but, but in as, real yeah. life where people really suffered and like, yeah, and then um, it just got worse and worse until he was alienated by a lot of the people that he formerly Worked with and enjoyed working with. For years. Decades. Yeah. yeah. 
And um, there was there was one interview from one guy. Um, I think it was uh, somebody worked on the show. It might have been a fellow chef. And he was saying how one of the last things Tony ever said to him was that he would never be a good father. And that, like, broke him. Yeah. Because, because... Tony was, like, friend of his, his whole career. Yeah. And then, you know, to hear that kind of shit, it's like, oh, all right. But Tony was just in a really dark place because he was in this terrible relationship. And he had his pro- he has demons to begin with. And he he was he he says he was an addict, but he was like a heavy alcohol drinker. Yeah. Even after getting clean from oh, heroin yeah. and like even in the episode he sat down with Obama in like Vietnam and they're in this cafe. Yeah. They're both drinking beer. You know the yeah. whole time. Like he always tried whatever the cuisine was, and that usually included alcohol. So he was until the day he died, he was pretty much an alcoholic. Yeah. If not, just yeah. So that brings me to a point. Um. Went from weddings to Tony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain is probably one of those deaths that I... don't I... know why I say... You know why I say Tony instead of Anthony? Because fucking CNN ruined me. That whole year, they all... And so, again, the commercial was going. Also, yeah. they had little breaks in the newscasts where they'd be like, and don't forget to catch a story about our friend Tony Bourdain, Roadrunner. The story of Tony Bourdain, or, or whatever. But... Anderson Cooper, every time that he mentions Anthony Bourdain, says Tony. So for like a year, all I heard was Tony Bourdain. They ruined me, Ricky. I think they that's, ruined me. I think me. that's what he referred to himself he as. He did, so, but yeah. for close friends. It's not something yeah. I should be saying. Yeah. I didn't know Tony Bourdain. Bob De Niro. Anthony Bourdain. Oh, my God. John Depp. We Yeah, we, we have a thing that we like to do every once in a while where you can insult somebody by taking all the spice out of a celebrity name. Yeah. So you just go, like, you're a regular John C. Depp. You know that? Yeah. Or, like, um, you're, you're a regular Chris Walken. You're a regular like, Abraham Vigoda. I'll tell you that. I mean, I'll take the compliment there. <sighs> Tetsio. He looked old for about 70 years. I don't know how he did it. The, the best moment for me of his career is the Good clock. Burger. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I think, no, no, no. can somebody bring me to the hospital? I think I broke my ass. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful moment. The whole thing, like, uh, oh, that's Otis over on Fry's, and he's got the, the oxygen mask on, and he just goes, I should have died years ago. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. The man was a legend. There's also um, a uh, fake cover of the Bauhaus song, Bella Lugosi is Dead. By another guy, I can't remember his name, but it's off, uh, send, it's like Pickles, Guns, and Money or something like that. Yeah. And it's a parody album, I guess, but it's Abe Vigoda's Dead. And for years, there was a website that said Abe Vigoda is alive, and it was a picture of Abe Vigoda. And when he died, the day he died, it changed to a picture of him with X's in his eyes and that song playing, Abe Vigoda is Dead. And uh, what a treasure he was. Have you ever heard the story about him going on Conan? Cheers to Abe Vigoda. Cheers. I don't have anything to cheers with. That's bad luck. I'll cheers with the candle. Like, I guess I got to drink it's the wax. Boi- it's boiling hot. Well, this is what I did to myself. No. Slanchava. I, I will say uh, what a wonderful person. But did you ever hear the story of him going on Conan? No. So Andy Richter was sent out to do like a location and it was just him and Abe Vigoda on Coney Island. And that was the whole bit. So I'd watch anything like that. Yeah. With Abe Vigoda. Abe Vigoda was at the time already suffering from these rumors that he was dead. 
Because he was in The Godfather and he played Tetsuo, who was like Marlon Brando's age in the in the movie. And like he was older than Marlon Brando. So everybody was yeah. like, oh, that guy's got to be dead, right? Nope. He was alive until like three or four years ago. Anyways, Andy Richter talks about this and he just goes, yeah, I, I just got to spend a whole day having the most fun you could imagine with Abe Vigoda. Nice guy. And it was a tremendous day. It was, like, nice out. You know, it was fun. We went to Coney Island. We rode all the rides. It yeah. was great. <laughs> that sounds like a great fucking... I yeah. Thought, he... he, he uh, yeah. That Abe sounds Vigoda. Like... I'm glad that we're back onto a happier subject. Abe Vigoda. Abe Vigoda is a man who will live on in our hearts forever. Yeah. Um, and when Good Burger 2 comes out, I'll sit down with my Blu-ray of Good Burger 1, and I'll watch it again, and I'll enjoy it, you know, just as much. And then yeah. one day I'll sit down and I'll watch Godfather 1 and 2 again, and I'll get to see him as uh, Tetsuo. And I think he shows up in Godfather 2. He comes in um, the scene that they do without Marlon Brando, but everybody else from Godfather 1 sitting at the family dinner table when Michael decides he's going to go off to war. It's like one of the last scenes in Godfather 2. And in Still haven't seen and what? I still haven't seen any of it. Okay. I knew that would piss you off. No, no, we're holding... gonna talk. We're just gonna talk about this. It's not gonna piss me off. It's not gonna piss me off. It's not gonna piss me off. Okay. The Italian in me is a little mad. It's a little mad. It's a little mad, especially since you like Goodfellas so much. Okay. There are a couple of ways to watch The Godfather now. Yeah. The first way is to watch Godfather one, two, and three. Okay. Everybody hates three. Everybody hates 3. There's nobody on this earth except for old people who were around when 3 was made who are still defending it. Nobody likes 3. They'll be gone soon enough, you know what I mean? Yeah. 1 and 2 are perfect movies. There is a version of 1 and 2 that is cut together in chronological order called The Godfather Epic. In my opinion, that's the best way to watch The Godfather 1 and 2. People can argue with me about that. The merits of The Godfather as a film and The Godfather Part 2 as a film are definitely evident. I get it. The Godfather 1 is about Michael Corleone going from being a soldier to being the Don of, of his mafia family. And it's everything that happens that causes that to occur. Godfather 2 is him continuing to try and set things up in Las Vegas away from New York to try and legitimize the business. And at the same time, they tell the story of his father from the old country where his family is completely fucking murdered around him to when he's smuggled to America and then becomes Don Corleone. And how he does that, using his family's oil business to kind of like muscle his way in, and then protecting all the people in the neighborhood. What they do with the epic is they start with Vito, and then they go Robert De Niro version of Vito, which is part of Godfather 2. Then all of the Godfather 1 pretty much completely untouched, cut same way it always should be. Then the Godfather 2, then that flashback scene of them at the dinner table when Michael decides to go off to war, which his dad doesn't want. His dad wants him to be a senator. He doesn't want him to go off to World War II. Yeah. But he does. And at the beginning of Godfather 1, we meet Michael having just come back, still in his dress uniform, at the wedding of his sister Connie. That's where all the, on the day of my daughter's wedding, all that stuff comes from that wedding. I don't know why I'm doing De Niro. <laughs> well, that's he's in the, the second part, and he's excellent. He, he plays different than Brando, but you can tell it's the same guy. Yeah. And they connect very well. So I would strongly recommend... If the you can epic. find the epic. Is then... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, watching them individually is great. Like, it's still good. So. If you're out there, watch it too. Watch it with me. Honestly, I'll say this much about The Godfather that I didn't expect. A lot of people watch The Godfather 
and they think, oh, this is boring, this takes too long, it's plotting, it's this and that. If you just sit in a room with the lights off and watch the fucking movie, it's so fucking good. Like, there's things in that movie that I still think about all the time, just little, little moves of the camera, little shots, or like, Sonny goes and beats the shit out of Connie's husband because Connie's husband's beating her. Sonny is James Caan. The scene of Sonny chasing this guy through the streets, it's like looking down the street. So you're like looking down garbage cans and like, you know, in New York they have fences that fence off the gardens Mm -hmm. and then the steps that go up to the house. He like knocks him over one of these fucking fences. He could have killed him and and like climbs over and shit and doesn't look like a stunt. It's just two guys beating the shit out of each other. Well, one guy really taking the beating from the other one. But it's so well done. It's so good. And then the second one just exceeds it. And you're like, how the fuck did they do this? The way I see it, everybody takes a beating sometimes. I'm Ray Liotta. So I wanted to get back to that. Chantix. We had uh, an idea, which we won't be able to turn into a real skit, and it's a little too vague. But I will try to recount it best I can from my point of view. You tell me where I'm wrong. Go ahead. Okay, so we were at Iggy's, and Iggy's is a place, it's right down the road, um, Clam Shack, they do, uh, dining inside, they also do, like, you can go up to the window and order a couple clam cakes and go off. Their logo yeah. is a giant doughboy named Iggy, with like a chef's hat, yeah, here's Iggy. Chef's hat, I think he's got sneakers and yeah. big cartoon hands, you know? Yeah. And we thought it would be funny... <laughs> if um, I I said to the the waitress, the waitress came over to the table, and I said, "Hey, you know, um, is Iggy like a real person?" And I meant in the jokey sort of like, "Is the doughboy real?" And she goes, "Oh well, no, you know, no, but like the owner, everybody calls him Iggy, so like, yeah, kinda." And I in my head then pictured that the doughboy character Iggy was sitting in the office watching on, like, the security monitor, just, like, sweating, like, oil, just sweating bullets, like, and then... They know. And then, um... <laughs> the uh, the waitress goes back into the back room, and it's the scene from Goodfellas <laughs> where, where... Joe Pesci... <laughs> yeah, where Joe Pesci's going to be made. And, and he walks like, in, he opens the door, he's like... I'm so happy that you're going to be making me manager, you know? And then she walks in, and she just sees there's nobody in there. Oh, oh no! And then they blow her brains out <laughs> to keep the secret of... Like, like she came a little too close to telling us that Iggy is, is yeah. real. But then, that was what you pictured. I pictured that Iggy was then the target. Yeah. So, he told me the Goodfellas scene, and, and I was laughing about it, because I thought it would be that... She then leads Iggy into the back, and like as soon as he gets back there, it's the same. It's like, oh no! And then they shoot him, but then they immediately start cutting him up, and then they serve like doughboys to everybody. Yeah. And it's him, and like there's like a smile in one of them or like an eye, and it's just fucking like, oh, delicious. A doughboy is a fried treat enjoyed in New England yeah. usually. Um, other places too. Other places, too. Usually at a carnival anywhere in the world. Carnival. Um, well, anywhere in the country, I should say. You will find doughboys. But doughboys are generally dough covered in powdered sugar. You won't cinnamon. find Zeppelis, though. Zeppelis is pretty 
That's pretty northeast. Yeah, yeah it's right I, I mean, any Italian bakery should have them, but there are places. I in like the country a zeppoli. Where... I like a fucking zeppoli. It's a yeah. good fucking treat. It's all right. The doughboy sometimes is too big. You just yeah, yeah. Zeppoli, um, you get like eight of them in a bag. You're fucking good. Yeah, that's true. That and like pizza chips are another good Italian treat. Mm. Um, cannolis, obviously. Um, but yeah, zeppolis are probably the best ones. I didn't have a zeppoli until I was like 25. 20, 23 or 24, actually. Uh, mm. And when I had it, I was like, yeah, this is good. Never had one again. Not because I didn't want one. You're just because... You're saving it for yourself. That's right. That's there are right. certain things that, you know, should show up every once in a while and surprise you and then yeah. be like, oh, that's great. Like, Because uh. if you have cake every day... Yeah, you become a fat piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> My cake diet did not go so well. Yeah, I'm we know. I'm willing... I'm willing to admit it, because uh, I'm a strong person on the inside. Yeah! Yeah, you know. You know. So, I think that's all that we have time for on this uh, this session. That is and, it. Um, and this is... Uh, I'll bill you for the time. This is symbolism, eh? <laughs> oh, got my eyes! Thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe. And again, if you if you want to leave comments for us, you know we're we're all ears. Please do that. I just fucking rip my corneas from my we, eyes. We really want to know what you like about the podcast. And you know, if you don't like the podcast, tell um, us. Tell us so that we can fight you. Well, um, I'll well, fight anybody. He'll fight you. I'll fight I'll, you. I'll set the fight up. I'll but he'll, fight you. He'll fight you. Good. I'll, I'll fight anybody. Look I'll, at his ear. Look at just just look at his ear. Look at cauliflower. That's what they call that. But anyways, this has been Don't Start Me Talking. I'm Benny Williams. And I'm Rick Owens, and I will fight you. Comment, please. Why'd you have to bring up Tony Bourdain? Yeah, I fucking told you it was a... Good.